Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. I am your terribly, terrifically tiny host, Peter Timothy Hankst. And today is January 31st, which means I'm on day 48 out of 365 straight days. It brings you news, sports, movies, music, entertainment, and all things except politics. Now I got to talk about this Los Angeles Clippers loss to the Sacramento Kings at the Staples Center. I mean, this could not be more pathetic for the Clippers. It just goes to show that without their star, Kawhi Leonard, they are nothing. Paul George came back from a minor injury. He was gone for a little while and did nothing. Every time I watched, he would miss. They need Kawhi Leonard so badly, it's sad. And what's going to happen if they're in the playoffs and Kawhi needs to take a couple days off or has a bad back or something, they're going to lose no matter what. I can't even name three players on the Kings and I watch basketball non-stop. This was a disgusting display by the Clippers not representing LA the way they should after the death of the famous Kobe Bryant. I hate to bring it up again, but they did dishonor his name with a horrible Staples Center home loss to the Sacramento Kings. What an embarrassment. At one point, they were down by like 20. I could almost not watch, but I did watch in bewilderment because I couldn't understand what I was looking at, and I needed to see it a few more times to understand that it was possibly the most embarrassing display I've seen them do all season long. Never again. I gotta bring this up. It's got 80,000 views. A Carolina man got ran over by a dang deer in a parking lot while walking with his wife to his car. I mean, you have got to see this video. It is crazy. The deer just ran, just straight up, pounced onto this guy, knocked him on his ass. He did like a backflip, and then the deer just flew off. It almost looks fake. It's real. This guy has some pretty bad luck. I mean, I have had things happen to me that make no sense, but I've never just been walking to my car one day and got straight up plowed by a deer. That's some revenge right there. Maybe this guy's a hunter. You know, perhaps he took out this deer's mom and and Bambi was getting some straight up needed revenge. I mean, this is the only explanation that this guy has really, really bad luck. Sorry, buddy. Tonight's a big game for the Portland Trailblazers. They're going to play the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers haven't played yet since the death of Kobe Bryant. Their team's been mourning. Their organization, everybody, you know, there's, they're really upset about this. I'm sure they're going to come out with just passion and just the drive that you could never imagine. LeBron will probably score 100 points. But you know what? I'm still rooting for the Blazers. Sorry, folks. I am a Blazers fan. Go Portland. Hopefully Dame just drops like 12 threes from the parking lot because he can shoot from anywhere. Uh, He has proven that Steph Curry's not the only guy who can shoot half-court three-pointers mid-game and make them no problem. I'm saying this. Blazers win by five against the Lakers tonight. Let's see what happens. Hope my prediction is accurate. Time for a movie review, folks. Richard Jewell. Oh, M. Jesus. I was very surprised by this movie. Sam Rockwell, 
always does great in anything. I mean, I have not seen a movie that he is not good in. And this movie is not an exception. He does a great job. The guy who plays Richard Jewell looks identical to the real Richard Jewell. It's crazy. Look it up. Look at the real guy. Look at the actor. I mean, how did they do this? I don't know. Maybe. And was this guy already like the exact same shape as Richard Jewell? Or did they find him? He was maybe 20 pounds less. They're like, hey, man, we need you to look like this. So whatever you got to do in the next six weeks, look like this guy. And he pulled it off phenomenally. It also shows the true story of what happened to this guy and how, for the most part, folks, the FBI has no idea what's ever going on. And when they make mistakes like this, it is really sad that a human and his family has to suffer on account of errors and just pathetic, terrible police and detective work done by the FBI. You expect them to be the cream of the crop, the best investigators we have in our entire country, and yet they make some stupid and terrible mistakes sometimes, and this was one of them. Richard Jewell, really good movie. Clint Eastwood does a fantastic job directing this. I have yet to see a Clint Eastwood-directed movie that I don't find to be fairly good, if not great. This one, I believe, is great. It sucked me in from the beginning to the end. It really had me almost tearing up at one point. And of course, Kathy Bates, she is able to immerse herself in any character, and she does a phenomenal job as Richard Jewell's mother. Check this movie out. I give it an 8 out of 10. It's time to review a show. I don't review a whole lot of shows because, you know, I spend a lot of my time watching movies. I hardly can get into any shows unless they are amazing. And two of those shows are C-S-E-E with Jason Momoa. Fantastic show. It's on Apple Plus or Apple TV, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people don't have that. I actually don't know a single person other than me who has Apple TV. I have everything. It doesn't matter how I have it. Don't ask questions, but I do. And the show, see, it's great. It's set in the future, a couple centuries after a virus has wiped out everything, and people are unable to see. Nobody on the planet can see. Every single person is blind except one man and his children. This is crazy. Everybody thinks sight is a myth at this point. If you even speak of sight, then you're a heretic and they want to kill you. It's just a mind, just messed, a mind bender, I should say, because you would think that in the future, if this really did happen, people would have to create their own new languages and make little noises to tell when somebody's around and, and have a different way of communicating. And in this case, they have little knots on a rope that are able to tell them words and things and leave messages for people because they can't see. They can't read. There's no chance. It is a mind bender at its finest. It really makes you think and it really makes you glad that you can see. Another show also from Apple TV, great show, I'm sure you've heard of this, The Morning Show. It's got Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, you know, it's got the 40-year-old virgin, Steve Carell. Who doesn't like Steve Carell? I believe there's only two or three things I've ever seen with Steve Carell in it that I hated. Everything else is gold. This is one of them. Jennifer Aniston is the queen of drama. She can cry on cue, tear up, get mad, 
Reese Witherspoon is a pit bull. This show proves it. She is able to just, she's a little firecracker, and I love it. Check out The Morning Show and see both on Apple TV. Recommended by me, Peter T. Tweedly D. Now, a man robbed a Wells Fargo in Chula Vista, and they gave him $6,000, and he didn't even have a weapon. This is what's crazy to me, is in the U.S., you can walk into a bank with nothing. I mean, you could probably be naked and just say, I demand money now, and the people will give it up. The tellers are the most spineless and pathetic people on the planet. I'm sorry, I do not feel bad for you for getting robbed because he didn't even have a weapon. No knife, no gun, no fake bomb or real bomb strapped to his chest, just walked in, demanded money, and they gave it over. I mean, that is just sad. If somebody did that to me, I would just laugh and say no. What are you going to do to me then? Until the guy just beats the ever-loving shit out of me and I feel as though my life is finally in danger and I'm fully being threatened, I would not give up a penny. I would simply just laugh in his face. If he said anything else, I'd spit on him and shut the little slidey window thing or take a couple steps back, whatever you got to do. Go to the bathroom and hide. But don't give up six grand to somebody without a weapon. Because now you're just proving that any one of us can walk into any establishment and leave with money because everyone is a spineless wussy. It's getting out of hand, folks. I would suspect that if that happens again, some random bystander will just beat the ever-loving shit out of this guy and everyone will stand around and clap. I'm surprised that didn't happen. It was in the South Bay of San Diego where there's, you know, not as many gringos and folks that are in the Navy or military. But if this happened in North County, I guarantee at least one ex-military individual would have been present and would have handled that the way it should have been handled by whooping this guy's butt. I mean, this is just sad. So just to let y'all know, in case you need $6,000, you can walk into any bank right now without any weapon and leave with cash. Of course, the guy did get caught right around the corner, so he didn't get to spend any of that money. But hey, he got it for a short period of time. For a quick minute, he really thought he was $6,000 richer. And, you know, kudos to him. The NYPD couldn't be more proud. They caught somebody with 275 pounds of wheat. 275 pounds. Well, that's like a quarter of what they sell in a day out of a dispensary right next to me here in Southern California. And furthermore, why is this still a thing? I do not get it. Are we not past this? How is that a drug bust? First of all, marijuana is not a drug. It is a plant. Human beings do not create it in a lab. We do not sell it and use a prescription to get more in a freaking pharmacy. Those are drugs. Street drugs like crack, cocaine, heroin, those are all manufactured products. 
Weed grows in the sun, in dirt, with water. I do not understand how you can still be busting anybody for anything. This should have been a ticket. 275 pounds of weed now will go to waste. You're talking about saving the environment, saving the planet, and here we have somebody who pumped oxygen into the air by sucking out some carbon dioxide when they grew a bunch of this super dank weed, busted their butts, packaged it, used packaging materials, manpower, all these things that create greenhouse gases, and you undo all of it so that we have to do it again, polluting the air, destroying the environment, sucking up all the carbon dioxide, and just wasting all of our time, pretty much. Give that weed to us, where we're allowed to smoke it here, because it still boggles my mind that this can even occur. It is pathetic. Unless the person sold that 275 pounds without paying any taxes or something, then you should have no reason whatsoever to bust them. Don't be proud of yourselves for wasting your time stopping some people from getting stoned and getting the munchies. You're not saving lives. You're not making the streets safer. You're a bunch of idiots wasting our tax dollars. Nothing annoys me more than when people post pathetic pictures of what they cooked for dinner online because they're so proud that they made a batch of pasta that came out of a bag, a cream sauce that they found online that contains three ingredients, and some mushrooms that they've never bought before at a store, and this is the first time they chopped some up and threw it on a plate with a piece of grilled chicken they actually didn't undercook for once. I mean, folks, I'm sorry. I am a pretty great home chef. I can cook everything. And I have a very deep repertoire of delicious and amazing and complicated dishes that I can make. And I do not post them online because I don't need to show other people how good of a cook I am. And if I did, it would really, really outdo the competition in my group of Facebook and Instagram friends and followers because I see some petty-ass, little kid-looking, just weak meals being posted with such pride, it's embarrassing to me. And, you know, I can't even like these because I want to encourage the person, yes, but the only way to truly encourage them is to let them know that the little slop plate they put up online is garbage and a five-year-old could make it and they need to step up their game. In fact, I run a mobile food restaurant where I make each and every item on my menu by hand myself and it's all very intricate and very almost impossible for somebody else to replicate. All of it's my own recipes too. I created them. But to see people post some stuff online that just is pathetic or the worst of the worst. I mean, the people made their dinner and lunch. All right, I'll give them a little bit of props. You know, who 
I made a BLT tonight. Check it out. Oh, you toasted bread. You know how to make bacon, which I'm pretty sure we were born with the knowledge on how to do that. You smeared mayonnaise. You knew how to cut a tomato. You knew how to cut some lettuce. Congratulations. But that's still better than people who post pictures of themselves at fast food restaurants. Here I am at In-N-Out Burger for the first time because it finally made its way to Oregon. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing. You're posting the fact that you're eating dog shit and paying money for it. For me, it's embarrassing to eat fast food. I don't tell other people about it. I hide and, you know, I put myself in a cave where nobody knows that I'm eating fast food because it's embarrassing to me. I make freaking five-star gourmet meals. If I see something that Chef Ramsay's made, I can replicate it. If I watch something on MasterChef, and sadly, people on MasterChef, they are usually terrible. They're all home cooks, I understand that. And sometimes they'll put them through these little trials of just to see what they can do. And oftentimes they can't cook a sunny-side-up egg or a poached egg. Or they can't cook chicken at all without Chef Ramsay cutting it open and finding out it's raw. These are the basics of home cooking. It is sad to me to watch someone post some pathetic slop and with a bad camera to make it look gray and ugly and think they're going to get more than 10 likes on Instagram. I feel like it's almost my obligation to, instead of give them a like, write a comment that looks like shit, dude. I mean, is that mean of me? Is that cruel? It shouldn't be, because that's motivation to make them learn how to actually make good food. And it's a guarantee that I ain't going to their house for dinner, because they think that's their number one meal, and it looks like something my kid made. She's four years old. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast. We all love so freaking much. And it is Real Stories. Brought to you by me, that's right, Peter Timothy Angst, and Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you a bit about a guy who hated me and my friends for many, many years. He lived in our neighborhood. He was an older gentleman, and he had a dog that would bark at us every time we walked by his house, and his yard was really long, and it ran along this path that we always had to use, and eventually we got so sick of this barking, freaking out dog, we started kind of, you know, yelling back at it, and kicking the fence, and throwing some stuff, and this guy had a complex then against us. He was obsessed. I mean, he was like a six foot five gentleman, not gentleman, guy, who was just a burly looking man. And he lived in the same cul-de-sac as a friend of mine named Nate. And me and Nate, we hung out every day. And we did things, you know, to harass this guy because we knew he hated us. And it was his bad because at any given time, He could have approached us once nicely instead of calling the cops, instead of threatening us, instead of trying to fight me at a park like he did. A grown man. I'm a little baby. He wanted to fight me. Crazy, right? This guy was nuts. So, many a time we 
I would say, made his life a little more difficult, including once when my friend Nathan had an ATV. Now, he was not allowed to technically use this ATV in our neighborhood. The streets were paved. We didn't live on a dirt road. I mean, I say Oregon, but this was suburbia. It's right outside of Portland where we lived. There's nothing but houses. It just looks like every other part of America where there's an endless array of similar houses with nice families living there. And his dad would go to work. His parents divorced. So you know, there was no one to watch us. And that's why we hung out at his house. We could do whatever we wanted. Smoke weed, cigarettes, drink, whatever we wanted. Only this time, we decided, let's mess with the guy that hates us. The cruel, mean, homeowners association member who complains about us every freaking chance he gets. It's time to just mess with this guy. So we knew he was home. We knew his car. Mostly because we just followed his every move so we could just really humiliate him, embarrass him, and destroy his life. Because he deserved it. He was a pile of shit. So we pull up in the ATV onto his driveway. And we start banging on his door and ringing the doorbell. And he'd come to the door and open it up and we'd roll away in the ATV and he'd be shaking his arm like an angry old man. Ah, oh, you dang rotten kids. Ah, so mad, right? So we would do things like that to him on a normal basis just because he deserved it. Or we would, you know, egg his house. And for those of you who don't know what that term is, because I, I believe people don't egg houses anymore. I haven't seen it happen very much. It's kind of sad, really. It used to be a fun thing. You take eggs, you throw them at the house. The eggs dry up to the point where the person is forced then to repaint their house because something about whatever's inside the eggs destroys the paint. It's great. It's awesome. We did it to him many a time. So one of the days that he was walking by while we were at a park, he noticed us and mumbled something under his breath as he walked by because we were just, we were sitting at one of those, you know, jungle gyms, if you want to call it. We used to call it a big toy. It was just a, a couple swings and a thing you could climb on and some pull-up bars and monkey bars and all that stuff. We're hanging out there, clearly up to no good because we're like teenagers at the time. Like, what are we doing at this park? We're smoking weed. So he's walking by and he turns to us and just decides to start screaming at us and cussing. He's telling us, I'll beat your guys' ass. You're a bunch of pathetic little kids. I hate you. And we're thinking, sir, uh... <laughs> You're, are you, are you threatening us? Cause there's three of us and one of you. And he's like, I'll fight you kids right now. And he began approaching us with his hands clenched and his jaw tense as if he wanted to fight us. Yes, a full grown 40 plus man, like uh, at least a foot taller than all three of me and my friends. And he came to fight us at a park while we were minding our own business. And so, we're not going to take that crap. We start cussing at him and spitting at him and throwing rocks. And he's charging each one of us, trying to physically assault and attack us. But he was slower than us, because he's fat and old, and he can't do shit. So what happens? My buddy's dad catches wind of this. Yes, and he is not very nice. He's not nice at all. He comes down there. And he just throws this man on his ass and just gets in his face and tells him never to touch us again. If he even looks our direction, he's going to take care of business. And that's that. 
And what do we do? We begin to harass his dog again one day, to the point where he comes back out of his house with a weapon. Yes, so the first time, he threatened us just face-to-face -face at a park and wanted to fight. And the next time, he has a weapon on his front porch and wants to attack us as we harass his dog that barks at us for no reason. I mean, one of those little yapper dogs that people just hate. The worst of the worst, right? So we run off because we don't want to get attacked by a full-grown man. You know, it's just crazy like this. And, uh, you know, a few days later, we teepee his house when he's not there. For those of you who don't know what teepeeing house is, it's great. Throw some toilet paper over the house or across it so you can still get the other end of it. And it'll unravel in the sky, leaving a blanket of mummy-like wrapping across, back and forth, over the top and over the back of a person's house. To the point where, especially in Oregon, when it rains, it'll turn into a paste, almost glue-like substance that you'll have to hand scrape off of the walls of your house. It's, it's awesome. I mean, try it out. It's, it's fantastic. It's a true way to get revenge. So eventually, after TPing this guy's house, he knew it was us. He wants to press charges. He wants to sue us. He just hates us. And the final act that gets him over the edge to leave our neighborhood and move away because he couldn't handle it anymore was when his dog was just going nuts, almost tearing a hole in the ground under the fence so he could try and get to us. And we decided, why not aid him in his attempt to escape from this guy's backyard? I mean, you know, the dog wants out. It looks like it's, it's really upset and it wants to get under this fence. So we'll break a piece of the fence off and allow it to escape. So that's what we did. I feel pretty proud uh, about that, actually. Uh, we let the guy's dog out, and I'm pretty sure he never found it. Because it ran off immediately after trying to attack us, and we kind of kicked it aside, and his dog went away. And it just goes to show, folks, and here's proof and a lesson to be learned, you do not mess with the teenage kids of your neighborhood. We had nothing better to do than to destroy this guy's life. His business was whatever, you know. He wanted to live his life and just be a cruel and angry old man. But we had a mission to destroy him mentally, physically, psychologically. And it obviously worked. He sold his house and got up and left our neighborhood. So you know what? Yeah, don't mess with the boys from Aloha. And there you have it, folks, the real stories on the Peter Gabbett podcast brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst. I am so happy you stayed tuned with me every day, each and every day. I'm going to get better at this. I promise you, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. And folks, sometimes I got to play a song just because it reminds me of my childhood so much. And if you're around mid-30s or a little bit less like me, I'm 33, you will appreciate this next song, What Would You Do by City High. Boys and girls want to hear a true story. Saturday night was at this real wild party. 
They had the liquor overflow in the cup About five, six strippers trying to work for a buck Then I took one girl outside with me Her name was Lonnie, she went to junior high with me I said, why you up in there dancing for cash? I guess a whole lot's changed since I seen you last She said, what would you do if the sun was at home? Crying all alone on the bedroom floor Cause he's hungry And the only way to feed him is to sit with a man Living all crazy Then she looked me right square in the eye I said, every day I wake up Hoping to die She said, this guy I know about pay cuts Me and my sister ran away So my daddy couldn't rape us Before I was a teenager I done been through more It's just you can't even relate to What would you do if the sun was at home? Crying all alone on the bedroom floor Cause it's hungry And the only way to feed him is to sleep with a man This is what I call life. Mm.